Hey guys, Jason here with Spectrum Labs. I have another podcast episode. This one is with Dan Doty. He's the founder of Everyman. And Dan is somebody that changed my life. We worked together a couple of years ago and he just absolutely changed my life for the better. Uh, really amazing man. And I just really appreciate and was really honored to be able to have him on this podcast um, for a lot of reasons. But one is that right now I'm filming this in, uh, I think it's April. Kind of forgetting what day it is. And we're in the midst of the quarantine, lockdown, stay at home, whatever you want to call it. And there are a lot of emotions flying around, a lot of things going in their heads that we don't exactly understand or know how to deal with it. And Danny's one of these people who can get to the root of the problem really quickly or the, the emotion or whatever that underlying thing is. And not make you feel silly or stupid for for feeling a certain way or for having thought of something a certain way and is good at helping you take that next step whatever's right for you so uh, for that reason i wanted to bring dan on the the hemp startup journey and we talk about a lot of different things this is probably the most in-depth conversation that i've had so far on the podcast and i'm super happy to have had dan on I'll read his bio real quickly for you to get a little, give you a little bit more context of Dan. Dan Doty is a visionary entrepreneur, speaker, consultant, and the co-founder and voice of Everyman. You can check out uh, everyman.com. It's E-V-R-Y-M-A-N. Dan is the host of the Everyman podcast. Definitely check that out so you can get a little bit more feel for Dan and what he talks about. Uh, and he's the former director of cult hit TV show Meat Eater. He has been a three-time guest on the Joe Rogan Experience and twice on the Today Show. His role with Everyman has been featured in the New York Times, Men's Health, GQ, and many more national and international publications. This is my favorite part about the podcast, uh, about his bio. Dan is a man's man with a well-developed tender side. He embodies the ability for men to be exactly who they are and is sharing that message that there are as many definitions of manhood as there are men on the planet. So in a time where we can't, uh, you know, as, as men in a time where we can't take a club or a knife or a gun and uh, attack something and solve it or fix it or pound it into the ground, um, this is a great conversation, not just for men, but just for anybody, right? For men and women, when we're not exactly sure about what's happening, the biggest sentiment that I have is that there's just a lot of uncertainty. And Dan helps to put this into context and uh, just some strategies about what's going on. He shares some of his stories as well, which is really powerful. So enough rambling for me uh, i hope that you guys take the chance to listen to dan uh, hear what he has to say you can go follow him on his different uh social media accounts or of course on his website but um tune in listen and please share and here is dan Doty. dan thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today i've been looking forward to this for uh since i guess we've been trying to get this together for the past couple of weeks yeah, well, I'm excited too. It's good to see your face again, Jason. Yeah, good to see you. So um, let's see, what. Uh, j- just to give some context, because um, I don't think I would do service to this, and now I'll talk a little bit about how I got introduced to you. Can you explain what you do? Yeah, I'm the co-founder of an organization called Everyman. And uh, in my role as co-founder, I'm also the, the host of the Everyman podcast, and uh, I guess you could say I'm sort of chief visionary and voice of, uh, of Everyman, which is really organizing men into a movement, which is 
really taken off and it's um, a global movement at this point. And really at the core, what we do is we help break open a new paradigm of <clears throat> how men um, live, how they show up, what they feel, how they express themselves. So we are we specifically are working against two main issues. One is the the general state of repression, of re repressed emotion. Men don't tend to feel uh, or feel like they should be feeling. Uh, and the second is isolation. Socialize, so, social isolation or human connection. Um, statistically, men are struggling on these two fronts. And so what we do is we bring, bring men together um, and with some simple guidance, we help them get in touch with what they feel and give them tools to share that with each other and the world uh, in a way that really fundamentally alters their life in a positive way. So that's, that's our bigger mission. And so I also coach, I'm an executive and leadership coach and, um, and I, I'm dedicated to this entire process of helping men specifically um, really know who they really are and bring that to the world. Cause I think um, it's really needed. This isn't just about uh, navel gazing or helping men, improve themselves. My bigger mission, my bigger attention is always on the bigger picture. And I feel like uh, at this time in history, we are needed, like m men are needed. Um, it's kind of, to me, uh, enough of being frozen, enough of being confused, enough of, you know, sitting back on our heels and not having our own minds and hearts um, reigned um, together. So that's, that's kind of a, large scale, but, uh, that really is it. Yeah. And so you said a lot there, but some of the reasons that I want to bring you on here, obviously, uh, right now we're, uh, I guess, uh, beginning or middle of April, uh, in 2020 throughout this whole coronavirus COVID-19 thing. And, uh, there are a lot of emotions going around and specifically for men, uh, where we, we might not exactly know our place when t traditionally you can speak back to, back to this, that we're, we're the protectors, right. And, and we yeah. can exactly protect well against, you know, something microscopic, you know, except for keeping people at home. Yeah. Um, so we can talk about that, but just real quickly, just to give a little bit of additional context to folks is that, uh, so you and I worked together a little bit, uh, for, for a few months in, uh, I guess it was like end of 18. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. And, uh, the, the way that I, <laughs> this is always interesting to me. So the, the way that I found out about you is I read a, a magazine article that Nate Green wrote about, Oh, that's uh, what it was. I remember that. The every man, uh, retreat. I forget where it was. Yellowstone. 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 Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. And the title was, uh, I think it was, uh, There Will Be Tears, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was uh, outside of Best Buy. I was waiting for them to open because I needed to buy something for the office. I started reading the article. And sure enough, by the middle of the article, I was like tearing up in my car uh, just for, just because of how, I, I don't know, just, just the topics that, that Nate was covering about what you do was so touching and I've never heard of anybody talking about those kinds of mm -hmm. things. And it wasn't like, it wasn't woo woo. It wasn't like, Oh, Hey, let's, you know, kind of sit around and sing Kumbaya. Like it was really emotional, but really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and really, uh, it, it, yeah, I don't know if I ever got a chance to tell you this, but like you, you changed my life, you know, uh, in a real significant way. And, you know, hopefully we can talk about some of those, some of the things that you're talking to your clients and your members about today. Um, and so I figure we can start off talking about uh, what you're seeing and what you're talking to your clients about right now with 
coronavirus and, and whatever seems to be most prevalent, whether it's the isolation thing, whether it's the yeah. emotional turmoil, uh, the, the word that comes to mind for me seems to keep coming back as uncertainty. Uh, yeah. But you might have a different term for what's going no, on. No, I, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I think if you had to pick one term for for the pervading ethos of what men are bringing to the table, uh, uncertainty would probably be the best uh, word for it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is that's substantial in its own right, right? Just this. Um, I think uh, you know everybody can check in with this if this is true for them as I say it. But uh, generally speaking, the male culture. Um, a lot of guys have this assumption or belief that um, all along the way, all along the path of life that they need to know, they need to have things under control. They need to know what to do. They need to know where to go. They need to know what actions to take. And uh, that basic uncertainty, which is, which is just overwhelmingly true if we slow down enough to find it, is that during this time, we, we haven't, we've been... Our, our hands have been cuffed in a sense. We've been limited to be at home. Um, I think uncertainty in terms of health is very real and, and scares people at a very deep level. Um, but you add on to that economic uncertainty and uh, you know where things are going, so many men um, have been furloughed or fully laid off or, or just don't know, right? And, and again, just that, that's what the uncertainty points to is just that fact of just not knowing. And so what we've been doing, I've been doing these global calls and drop-in groups and and men all around the world have been joining us. And um, the first way that we really work with that or speak to it is we help guys slow down and that uncertainty can bring on a sense of panic or almost like a manic scramble. Like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What am I going to do? What? So we're just like, Hey, stop. You, you don't know. Just feel that, you know, feel, actually feel what it feels like to, to be uncertain, to not know. And just that little subtle, but very powerful action of slowing down enough and, you know, we use our bodies and we use our emotions to get more clear with the experience we're having. So an uncertainty for me, um, what happens for me when I feel really uncertain and ungrounded is like my chest clamps down. I feel tight. I feel like uh, my, my hands want to move. I kind of, I feel like I'm, <clears throat> you know, looking around quickly. My eyes are darting and it's just uncomfortable. I mean, that's the first thing. Like, it's just be honest. Being uncertain is really uncomfortable, very deeply uncomfortable. And so what is, it might not be the standard of practice, but when we can just own the fact that we're uncomfortable and sit across from each other and be like, man, this is terrifying. I like, I don't know where my money's coming from two months from now. I don't know what to do about it. I feel like I have these ideas, but that panic, that sense of sort of scramble in this, it, it, if I think if we pulled back or pulled up to 30,000 feet, that doesn't tend to help (laughs) very much. And so what we're doing is helping men land on the, with their feet on the ground and be like, okay, yeah, no idea. I'm terrified. And that may not sound helpful on the outset, but when you follow that and part, part of what's happening here and part of what we do at every man is, I use Wim Hof and his ice bath uh, practice as an example here because 
if we can learn how to relax and be present with excruciating cold and pain, we can also learn how to relax and be present with being uncertain, right? And there's a there's an analog here, right? So when we're when we are uncertain, our bodies go into a state. They do. And when we slow down enough, we it happens. It's different for everybody, but it is real. And it might just be numb, right? We might check out and not feel anything, and that's fine. But what happens when we are deeply uncertain? Our bodies go into a state. And the neurophysiology and the understanding of emotions and how they impact us as humans starts at the physiological level. So when we can breathe, slow down, speak to what's happening in us, we begin to stabilize. We do. We begin to stabilize and have the ability to, um, to be present with what's happening. And then from that point, we can start to, to take a look at actions to take. But that 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 first part, it's. I hope that comes across clear. I, th- I think it does. But it's 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 a step that we often miss. So when we were working together, you taught me about the. You call it a check in. Um, yeah. So checking in with. Uh, you start off with asking questions about how are you feeling, just physically, just you know what are you feeling, and then you you get further and further into asking different questions. But uh, the first, uh, probably the first few times, it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I didn't know what the hell you were driving at. <laughs> you know, honestly, it was it was really weird. Uh, but you know, after a few, maybe three or four sessions, and, uh, I could see the value, and I, I could see that I could feel the value of the first one. I didn't know what it was, right? I could I could sense that there was something there. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, I think what I'm taking away from what you're saying, hopefully to translate it to some other folks that haven't gone through this, is to maybe be willing to go through that discomfort of kind of checking in, kind of mm-hmm. sensing how they're feeling. Um, to then get to that other side of at least acknowledging what that sensation is or what the emotions are so that you can decide whether you want to maybe sit there or possibly do something about it. Um, is that the right? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's perfect. I think, you know, another layer to add to it is that our minds and our bodies are kind of intrinsically wired or, or at least we're habituated into not wanting to be present, not wanting to be actually present with what's real, with what's real, with reality, right? So if our true reality is that we are deeply uncomfortable, we're actually terrified and we're, um, you know, freaking out on the inside, like our minds, we don't, we don't want to feel that we don't, you know, and we don't want other people to know that about us, right? We don't want others to see that we're not calm, collected and, and moving forward. So there's a, what this really offers this checking in process is an opportunity to actually just be honest and transparent with reality. (laughs) And so on the basic level, that's actually what we're doing. And from that place, and that's why we do this together. This is, this is a practice you can do on your own, but it's, it's deeply something magical and very important happens when we do this with other people and it doesn't have to just be other men, right? Every man does this with men because there's a specific pain in the world and we're addressing a specific sort of population and thing. But when we can like slow all the way down, own reality, and then we show up with other people and we speak that and we communicate that to others, it clicks on this, this social mammal we're also we're social mammals, right? At the, at the basis, we've evolved as social mammals. It clicks on this automatic connection 
between ourselves and others automatically. It's just, it's like a call, like an emotional Wi-Fi. So if we're sitting here and we're just bullshitting and we're just having, you know, surface level talk, it's great. It's what we do. It's nothing. But if I can, like when we first called here, I, I shared with you last my last night, my grandpa passed away. And so I'm feeling a lot right now, right now I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling sadness. I'm feeling love for my dad. I'm feeling uh, love for my kids. I'm feeling um, a lot of these things on top of a lot of other realities that I'm dealing with too. But, but even just as we, as we first checked in, as we first talked, I felt it was important to tell you that because um, it is my truth right now. And it's not, now that I just get to say it, I just get to state it, you know where I'm at, mm-hmm. you, you know where I'm at. And so um, it offers us a solid ground to communicate from, a solid ground to interact from. And now if I was like weeping terribly and you know, if I was out of control and couldn't manage my emotions or, or, or was not okay, I'd just say that. I'd be like, hey, I'm not okay, I can't do this podcast, right? But, uh, I'm guessing, and I don't want to make any assumptions, but I'm guessing as I shared that with you, you felt a human, a pang of humanity. And I'm guessing yeah. it connected us a little more deeply, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that connection, that automatic empathy, that automatic compassion for one another, it's always available. It's crazy. It's literally like this thing. Like we walk around interacting with each other all the time. But when we drop down to that next layer of really just truth, that's all it is. Um, we begin to, to naturally have each other's backs. We begin to naturally collaborate. We begin to naturally um, help each other get the best, get what we need in life. And it's, I just, I mean, to put it really bluntly, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty incredible way to, to relate to yeah. others. It's meaningful. It is. And you, you're good about encouraging your, your members or clients or, or just people to, to share those with, with family or, or friends. But what if somebody is, let, let's say, fearful of sharing their emotions, right? Like they're not used to it. Yeah. Uh, with the, the Everyman, uh, the, I forget what you call the, the social app that you have now, is that, is that a good place to start? Somebody that hasn't been part of that. Yeah, it it definitely is. So yeah, right now the um, what we're offering to the public are free drop in groups and free global calls. So just a place for men to to drop in virtually through Zoom um, and get together with guys and and hear about this and practice this and get a sense of what this is. And, and that really is, um, I'm guessing most, if not all, guys are fearful of sharing their emotions. Right? Not everybody. I mean, some guys that's part of their, their, their normal day to day, but, um, you should be scared, right? I mean, it's not, it's not normal. It's something different. It's, it's not how we were trained, uh, to be as men. Uh, again, that doesn't cover everybody, but, um, it is at its essence, it is a scary, it's a scary moment. It really is. It's, um, it's, it is a, it is a pure act of vulnerability is what it is. And, that is uh, by its nature scary, right? And I don't want to sugarcoat that whatsoever. The uh, the first call that you get that you had on Zoom was I think it was 149 guys, yeah, something like that. It was pretty amazing, and uh, kudos to you for putting that together so quickly. And um, you know, going back to that that 
men and, and emotions. And you asked, I think it were three or four guys to share just sort of what they're feeling. And, and again, the way that you, that your term is that you asked some guys to check in, mm-hmm. to share how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm still trying to work on, on removing that uh, sort of stereotypical like manhood of like, you know, the, the burly dude who's just like a man and doesn't share emotions. It was just like big and strong and the protector. And there were some of those guys who were on there and granted that you, you we could only see their face a little bit, and but they could yeah. still, they still ha- had that uh, image of just, you know, like a man's man. And they shared very openly what they were going through and, you know, quickly about what was happening in their life or just uh, what they were, they were sensing or what they were feeling or fearful or whatever it was. And the, the relatability to that was just amazing. And in a strange way was, was really comforting. I would love, yeah. Tell me a little more about that comfort that I brought. Cause that's huge. It's important. And I think you could speak to it. Really yeah. Well. I mean, I think the fact that, you know, just like I've been going through all sorts of emotions since this whole thing started just, you know, for, for myself, for, for our business, for family. Um, and I think having that, you know, there've been a lot of different emotions and fears. And one has been like, man, like, am I stepping up to the plate and being, mm whatever, like, you know, the, the sense of like manliness or protectorhood or, or whatever that was. And I think listening to some of these guys saying like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm scared or I'm fearful or here's what's happening. Um, it, it helped me see that at least, you know, like I wasn't the only one. Yeah. Right. Yep. And not that I want anybody else to feel shitty, but I think just the fact that there's somebody else out there, like I'm not the only one. Right. It's almost well, like you're describing what I call it's like actually the lowest hanging fruit of both of what we do at every man. It's the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. But also, I believe um, it might be some of the lowest hanging fruit for, uh, you know, self-improvement, but also cultural growth, to be honest with you. And, and to name it, most guys walk around thinking that what they feel is somehow unique. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just not, it's just not. And so I, I'm remembering back and um, it may have been on that first call or maybe the second one, but this guy named Corey, Corey McCarthy is from upstate New York. He was in prison for a long time. He's so obviously a tough guy, right? He's like, he's like as tough as it gets really. Um, and when he opens his mouth and shares his truth with people, Um, he's just, I'm just, I bring him up as an example because he's, he's especially powerful at it, but it just, everybody can just freaking relax a little bit deeper for, for a guy like that or for any guy to say, yeah, I'm actually really fucking scared. I'm really, I'm terrified. I'm really scared. Everybody else who hears that and sees that there's a part of him inside that's like, let's go. It's like, Oh, you mean to tell me it's okay to be scared? Are you, are you, your action? And, and it just, it, it happens instantly. It's instantly. It's like that guy's scared too. Oh man, I get to be scared too. I'm scared. <laughs> it's just, but you can take that with almost any experience or feeling or emotion, whatever it is. And it's this, it, it flips, it literally instantaneously flips the paradigm of what courage means of what leadership means, of what manhood means. It flips it in that instant. And it's, it's like, oh God, what if I didn't have to pretend my entire life that I didn't feel what I actually felt? It's, it's like guys are, 
you know, imagine a guy, any man's life is a movie and, but it's an ongoing movie. It's an 80 year, hundred year movie, ideally. And in that movie, there are times of, you know, there's probably a, a phase of the movie that's the hero movie, superhero movie, but there's also a phase of it, of the sad movie where you're, father dies and and you go through grief and there's the phase of the movie that there's a romantic comedy or whatever right all of the different flavors of life but most men have been ingrained to try to act like they're in a superhero movie at all times which is just kind of like how practical is that you know like how honest and practical is that Uh, and that's a little bit of a dramatization but i but i think it it makes the point that um yeah. And once we're not alone, once we can clear that up, once we can get past that, which we rarely do, oh man, can we get together and heal what's inside and go after what we want and all of that. So I think it'd be amazing one day to find some kind of technology that could measure the amount of energy we spend faking it or repressing or, you know, pretending. Do you think that for, or let me ask you this question for the guys that decide to, for the men that decide to to share these things, does that in some way take away your man card? Well, that's the thing that, 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 that's, yeah, I'm (laughs) glad you said that. That's like the, um, no, it it reissues a real one. (laughs) It's it's like, it, it, it's like, oh, it, it burns your old one and, and says like, oh, here, here's what, here's what a man card actually should, could be, should Mm be. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that is a great cultural tool, right? The man card, right? That'd be for like, yeah. What would, what would that man card be based on? Toughness. um, Oh, Wayne. Yeah. Old school cowboy. (laughs) Winning John Wayne. Yeah. Basically like being the, being the, the dominant alpha male Mm -hmm. with his, you know, mastery of all, (laughs) you know? Um, which again, I think like certain times in life, hell yes, right? Certain times in life, like, like let's exercise that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but to pretend or to think that that's, uh, that's the best way to live every moment of our life, that's just, that's just, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, the other day I saw a commercial, uh, or I guess it must have been a few weeks ago, I saw a commercial for one of the, the ju- giant jeweler companies and it was sort of a party and then all of a sudden they cut to a couple and the woman kneels down and she proposes to the man. And my initial reaction was like, what? Like, <laughs> what is this? This is crazy. And then a couple seconds later, I'm thinking like, well, I mean, this is sort of something we, we just sort of made up over many, many years, right? Like what's, what is wrong with that? There, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but the initial reaction was just, wait a minute, like that, that doesn't belong <laughs> or that's weird. Or that's, you know, like she's not the man, like what's happening here. Um, and I'm wondering if you're seeing a lot of folks, um, I don't know, react or I guess recognizing that some of the, the gender roles that we have, have been sort of culturally made up over time. Like, is that a difficult thing for people to kind of get over? It depends. It depends on who they are for sure. Yeah. I think for, for probably a good chunk of the population. Yeah. I think that definitely it's, you know, I, I gotta admit though, I live in, I live in a a bubble as we all do. Right. And the only place where I see, um, people really struggling with that in a, in a strong way happens to be, 
in the comments of articles, in the comments of YouTube, in the comments of publicly posted, um, you know, social media and stuff like that. Yeah. But our social media, my, so, I mean, like I, nobody ever tells me directly that like, it's very rare. So I don't see it, but I do know that, um, yeah, there's a, it is, this is a hard pill. So yeah, let me make it a little more subtle. So while certainly I'm sure out there, many people are offended, um, scared, freaked out. They, they don't want to see, you know, this shift. Um, and that's, you know, that's cool. I don't need to try to convince them. There still is a, there are many different levels of aversion to men being, uh, emotionally, uh, fluent. Right. And so part of it is just in, uh, not being sure. Right. So people hear about this and it causes a feeling in them and they're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I gave a TEDx talk a couple of years ago and I cried openly in the middle of it. I didn't expect to, I didn't plan to, but I did. Um, and yeah, people have shared some of their experiences while watching it. And I think it's hard. It's hard for people to see a, I'm a burly guy. I'm a burly guy with a, with a beard. And like, you know, I kind of look like a, a bit of a Viking. Um, it is, it, it kind of, it, it kind of, it's, it's uncomfortable for people to see the reality or even play with this reality. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and on the other flip side, there's a lot of people out there that, that hear about what we're doing. They're like, that's it. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's the way that's, we got, you know, like pour, pour the gas on the fire. Yeah. Um, and we've been riding a pretty massive wave of positive energy in response. Mm-hmm. Um, so. and just to interject for a second. So the, the things that you're talking about, they're not like, you're not making it up in your room. Like you're, you're not just in your house sort of scheming and theorizing. Uh, like these are things that you're applying to with a lot of people. I mean, you, you've one, the, your experience, oh, yeah. you've been doing, you know, a version of this for was like 20 plus years. Yeah. 20 years about. Um, and plus the, the number of people that you've either led in small groups or in retreats, I mean, in hundreds or maybe thousands, right? A thousands for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so just to, for folks that are listening that, you know, I'm sure there might be a few folks who are like, ah, I don't, I'm not really sure about this. Like he's probably just yeah. making shit up in his house. Uh, like it's, you know, you, this is proven like you're, you're showing results with people. Absolutely. I mean, the, um, yeah, the proof is in the pudding, right? But the, the truth and I, and I, I won't, I won't try to make it appear more, I won't, I won't dramatize this, but, um, unequivocally every single event, every group, everything that I've ever run, um, in the 99 point something percentile, um, this simply improves my lives, men for the better. They become better fathers. They become closer to the kids, better partners. Um, it just actually, what it does is it, is it, uh, it relieves a certain type of mental and emotional um, pressure that builds up for men that, that builds up um, and then comes out in a lot of, can come out in a lot of different negative ways from depression to alcoholism, suicide at the high end of things. Um, But yeah, our our retreats at the end of them, man, I mean, you can't, you can't frame it other way, any other way than these men have had a, a deeply life changing um, experience. And 
the basic practices are so simple. When you hear the basic practice, what we, so what, here's what we do. We get together and we slow down so that we like can get a sense of what's up. We put our attention into what we feel and then we start practicing sharing it. And then we follow that path over and over. We go deeper and deeper into what we feel. We own who we are. We get to talk about, you know, the things that have hurt us the most. We talk about things we're most scared of, but we also talk about our positive qualities. We get to own the good things. You know how many men out there can't take a compliment, can't allow themselves to feel proud. They hamstring themselves in their life by not owning their good qualities too. So again, we're we're walking around life playing these roles, playing these images that we think other people want us to be. What we're actually doing is, is helping men own who they are, like fundamentally who they are, their own experience. And that's, so it's, it's not, at its core, it's actually, it's very simple. It's one of the simplest thing. What it feels like is that um, it, there's like a sense of coming home to oneself. It's like, man, I, I didn't necessarily know I could just be myself, <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Right yeah, no, but, but yes, yes. There's th- th- thousands and thousands of men have come through us. I've worked with thousands and thousands of men before every man. And um, I wouldn't be, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be here on this podcast yakking about it if, if it didn't fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's, um, if we can talk about work a little bit. Um, so most of the folks that listen to this are entrepreneurs or business owners in the hemp and the cannabis space. And how are you guiding your clients um, as far as dealing with, let's say, stuff? at work, right? Like you, you figure you have business owners and, and maybe managers or leaders of organizations. Um, as men, how should we be, I, I don't know, I, I won't put any words, but like, you know, how should we be working with our coworkers during this time of, of great uncertainty? Well, I, I think the, um, I think the basics apply here too. So we're seeing a lot of men who, you know, the first wave was uncertainty. The first wave was what the hell, what do I do? Um, and depending on the unique situation, it depends, you know, for some men just slow down, relax and breathe through this and see what happens is the only thing to do. Right. But for a lot of, um, a lot of the entrepreneurial set, the business owner set, um, I've actually been party party to in an immense amount and an immense wave, I would say of, uh, proactive and creative thinking. Right. And um, I really do think that this is an opportunity uh, globally, but I think business owners are in a unique place here to get a gut check, right. To get a gut check, to, 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 to think about questions of what security actually means to think about um, the relationship between the bottom line and how we treat people. Right. And, and like the, the stresses of having to lay people off the stresses of, of all of this, um, the human part of what's going on is, is a big part. And, and then also, you know, I think this, uh, in a sense, what's happening is a wave of really reckoning with what the future is going to look like, which, which is different. And I'll just speak from my own experience right now. We have gone into a fundamental pivot at every man. We had to cancel seven months worth of live events, which is to date 99% of our revenue, right? So we're sitting here like completely, um, dry. And the opportunity came and, uh, you know, I think we did it our us founders. We did a meeting, we did an every man meeting and we got honest, we got real with what we said. And then 
within 45 minutes, we, we made the, the call to launch our, our online platform and our membership, which has always been uh, our plan, but we've never had the opportunity. We've never had the, the, the time and the bandwidth to do it. And so I'm seeing um, so a lot of friends who have you know, uh, human-oriented businesses and on, a lot of entrepreneurs are in our network. And um, I think that what I've seen clearly are two things. One, the pivot to virtual delivery for all kinds of things. And it's been going well really well for a lot of people. They're like, wow, I had no idea. Like, what have I been getting on the plane for every, you know, twice a week for the past seven years? Like right. this actually really works. We can connect. And, and so that's, that's actually huge. We can connect right now. This way, there's a wave of connection happening because of this, because we're just not running around like chickens with our heads cut off anymore. We're not like doing our normal thing. We have, I think, you know, it's pretty magical. I used to be, I was the first one to I was adamant I didn't want to do Everyman Groups online. Adamant. I felt like in-person connection is what we're all missing. We have to have it. It's crucial. I couldn't believe differently now. Like the 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 value that is being generated. Um, and even with my corporate clients too, my leaders that I coach too, like this is a time of, of fast change. But I also do notice that the human connection element is it's going deeper and it's being more efficient, which I think are two critical critical things to pay attention to we can connect quicker and if and that's why some, some of this sort of communication technology that we use at every man i think is really helpful right now which is that let's not beat around the bush i'm going to tell you exactly what's up right now because we don't have that that much time and then uh we're going to lay it out there and then we're going to we're going to together in as truthful as possible we're going to work on an action plan to move forward um so you know i think suggestions for people one if you're overwhelmed and freaked out like first before you do anything get some freaking help get some support have a conversation call a mentor get a coach like um whatever you know get yourself a space to feel what you actually feel and fundamentally that'll that'll like anchor you into a more powerful course of action um and then leaning on each other in these times um even when we can't do it physically it's kind of a joke there right like we can't actually lean on each other but i do believe that um what an opportunity for uh, for creative and i guess efficient efficient the second word that comes creative and efficient um practices right like there is something to do with like, if things, if when all is lost, you know, or things seem like they, like, what do you have left to lose? Right. Right. Um, so hopefully that some of that lands. Yeah. Um, and so with, uh, you mentioned reaching out to folks. Um, so what's, how, how does somebody get access to the app? Well, I'm not going to push them toward the app right now because we're about to to jump to a whole new platform powered by Mighty Networks, and we're okay. going to be delivering things in a new way. Because this is the, we so we we had an app for a short term in between, um, but we are uh, pivoting to a, a long term home on this mm -hmm. Mighty Networks platform. So th the best way they can get help with us right now is go to our homepage right on the front of the homepage, everyman.com. There is the uh, the button to get connected. You can you can dive into one of our support groups, free support groups. You can just click calendar, click a meeting, and register for one of them. Um, beyond that, I'd just say 
Um, but get on our newsletter too, because we're going to be yeah. in the next probably 10 days, ideally, um, or you know, a couple weeks, three weeks at the latest, we're going to be launching a, um, a far more substantial opportunity to, to get involved. But I also mean, just call your dad. Right? Yeah. I also mean, just, you know, these are the times to really, um, well, and let me speak to that because it's really crucial. And I meant to get it on one of your earlier questions, but, um, we all know what post-traumatic stress disorder is, PTSD, right? When challenging situations come up, when, when we're put to the fire, um, one of the things that can happen to us is we can get traumatized by it and it can stick with us and it can take us out and can do all kinds of things. There's another option called post-traumatic challenge or post-traumatic growth. Let's call it post-traumatic growth, which is seeing a challenge and, and, and like walking firmly into it and using it to, to grow from, to uh, expand to all of these things. And so there's one critical important element. And this comes from um, actually a great guy to check out. His name's George Faller. He's a therapist. He was a, uh, he was a fireman at nine 11 at the, at the point of um, the day it happened. And he was also at the time it happened, he was training to be a couples therapist of, of mm-hmm. all things. And so he became the go-to therapist for many of the first responders um, at ground zero and so his, how he can speak to this is just super eloquent, but I'll paraphrase. The one difference in PTSD, turning PTSD into post-traumatic growth is doing it together, is being connected and being part of a, a human squad or team or, or you know, that, that togetherness. And that's how we're wired. As humans, we're wired to band together and go into challenge. That's how we survived you know, band together, find food, band together, you know, protect our food, band together to move when we needed to move. Right. And it's, we are wired that way. And when we do feel supported and part of something larger, then we can take on these challenges in a completely different way that can be deeply fruitful. And, and, you know, we have, it remains to be seen for every man, whether this pivot works, right. I mean, there's risk at, at play here too, but, um, we've been doing it together and we've been powerfully moving through this time. Yeah. So. Um, one of the, uh, just going back to, to some of the conversation at the beginning, uh, one of the things that I, I've felt a couple of times is um, the sort of the unfairness of things. Mm. Um, so last night uh, we had, crazy uh thunderstorms here and i thought the roof of our house was gonna just like fly off um i've never felt anything like this here in nashville and so i i, I had i didn't sleep whatsoever uh, i had sort of these like awoken nightmares of like insurance bills and you know like mm. all the, the horrible stuff that could happen and to my family and whatnot um and then this morning the power went out because you know there were down power trees and power lines all over the place um and just that addition to what we're currently going through and, you know, being at home and uh, my wife taking care of both of our kids. It was like, you know, like a shit layer on top of another shit layer. Um, and it was kind of getting me down uh, today. Uh, and I started to consider, I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, but if I were to be in space and looking down at planet earth um, 
I would probably be thinking like, oh, like it looks like it always looks, right? Like, you know, things are just happening as they normally do, not because someone or something is is making these or sort of um, penalizing you or, or making these things happen to you. Um, and I wonder if that has anything related to what uh, I think you, you've talked about Siddhartha before and uh, ontogeny no. and sort of like just the cycle of life um, and that it's not, you, you talked a little bit about this before, about the, the, the movie, right? Yep. That you have, you know, yeah. great times and bad times. Um, I wonder if you can speak to that, if, if that relates to you a little bit. Yeah, I'm, yeah it really does. And, and uh, I'll try to be gentle and kind about it, but um and this is less, this is less everyman ethos. This is just Dan Doty speaking. Um, I, I have concern for many, if not most of the people in our culture as being deeply and grossly disconnected from the reality of, of life. Like we have bought we have bought into our food system, our culture, our technology as, as if it, there's no chance it could ever go away. I think that is just fundamentally flawed. And, and I think that, um, you know, that could be a type of thing that sends somebody into panic and that's not the intention, but the, the veneer of safety is thin. Right. And, and, uh, I've spent thousands of days out in the wilderness and I think part of that is we're, we're deeply disconnected from the life cycle. We are, we, you know, we, we imagine that, you know, death is just this thing that's, you know, I guess it's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to everybody, but it's, you know, we don't live with it in mind. You know, we, we keep that hidden. Um, and I'm not in no way am I trying to say we're all going to die. I don't think we are. And I think that our, we're going to write the ship and I think we're going to be okay. But I do think there's, there's many, many layers of wake up calls that could be real here. And there's a sense of entitlement too, that I think people are, well, I, this is how we got it. You know, like, what do you mean? I couldn't go to the grocery store. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's just some God given, right? Like that couldn't, <laughs> couldn't change. That's crazy. You, you know, what do you mean? I couldn't like my job, my, it's like, and so it's not like I'm sitting here every day before this event, you know, just like, um, I'm just as connected to the the reality as pot, you know, it's not like I have a store bunker of food and all, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's not my reality either. But, um, I, I do hope that this period of time, um, is something of a helpful and sobering experience mm -hmm. to, uh, recognize that there are a lot of us living on this planet right now, like a lot. And, you know, the way that we're feeding ourselves and getting calories in our body and staying safe and healthy and stuff. I think, um, I just hope that this becomes a proactive, a moment of proactive, um, coming together, you know, and, and, and I, I believe humans are, are fundamentally good and, and I, I'm sure that they are. And, and I think I, I feel a lot of hope, honestly, I'm feeling a lot of hope, about what can happen. And, um, I guess, you know, w what I hope doesn't happen is that this happens and then we all just kind of go right back to sleep. Right. We all yeah. just kind of, you know, take the pill, go back to sleep and imagine that, well, Oh man, glad that's over. You know, nothing, you can go back so to glad nothing else is going to happen again, yeah. you know? Um, so again, I'm trying to, I don't want to be alarmist or anything here, but, but this does, it, this resonates deeply with me. I feel like, uh, some practical thinking 
could be employed. You have a really clear vision about what you want to see. And I think your timeline's like 20 years or so. And you mentioned that in some of your emails and, and some, some of your, your speaking engagements. Um, has this time period changed that vision for you? It, it has it has bolstered what I feel is a sense of urgency for sure. Um, or it's, it's, yeah, it's bolstered my passion for sure. I feel like what I, what I wasn't comfortable saying publicly before, um, I'm getting more comfortable saying now, which is this. And I, I feel like, um, I just had a guy in the pod, Everyman podcast last week. His name's Ryland Engelhart. He's the founder of a NGO called kiss the ground. And what they do is they are uh, bringing regenerative agriculture pro uh, processes to farmers and to backyard people. And based on the scientific knowledge that it's very possible in 60 years that our planet will no longer be able to feed the people here. 60 years. My kids are, I'm looking at them right now at the window. One's one and one's three. Um, that's firmly in their lifetime, you know? And again, not to be alarmist here, but what I'm sobering up to is that some serious, serious work needs to be done in the next chunk of human history. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm aware that political bias might, uh, might change how you feel about this and that's fine. But I think men are, um, frozen. I think that uh, there's this, I think one of the biggest and uh, ripest um, resources that our planet has is locked up in a bunch of dudes, millions and millions, tens of millions, hundred millions, maybe billions of guys who are uh, stuck, frozen, um, you know, squeaking by in life. And I think we need, we, 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 like we need to, we need to step up, you know, um, and not that men are going to save the planet, but we need to do our part. Right, we need to do our part, both both locally with our families and, and our businesses and and, and everything. And um, um, I'm slightly uncomfortable even saying this on the podcast here. It's 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 uh, you know I'm a, I'm a little not embarrassed, but just I guess nervous that uh, to set such big stakes here, right? And I don't I don't know that this is going to be like the main message and all that, but I guess just being honest, it's where I've been. Um, it's where my mind and heart have kind of been leading lately. And, and I guess if, you know, if none of that's true and survival's easy, you know, fine. I'm willing to be, um, having been outspoken and be wrong. But, um, if this means my, my children's lives, then, then I'm feeling quite urgent, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, um, I guess this is, this is an opportunity Right. Like the, yeah. you know, even despite those concerns, right. That they could be great outcomes. Um, and even if it, it, that's not exactly the, the outcome, if we don't make changes, the fact that we're, that we would be working towards making some of these positive changes and, you know, with men and, and sort of this, the, the feeling sort of locked into who we're supposed to be as opposed to who we really are, like that can bring some really positive changes despite anything that could come in the future. I love that. You nailed it. Yeah. Reframe. It is an opportunity. And I think that's very real. You know, I think, I think there's an opportunity right now, uh, to, to change the trajectory. And again, I make it personal. It's about my kids, you know, mm -hmm. and other people's kids too. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Dad. We covered a lot. Um, is there anything else that 
you think we should go over? Or I mean, anything yeah, else you want I mean, to get off your chest? No, I, I feel, um, I feel that this, yeah, just at this moment is, it, it, it feels ripe, right? It feels, yeah. it feels like we, we live on a farm here in Southern California. And, um, my favorite thing is there's a, a row of guava trees and, uh, for whatever reason they fruit at different times throughout the year. Right. But, um, I just have this image of like the perfect guava. Like it's like a deep yellow and you can just tell, you see it on the vine you see it on the tree hanging there. You're like, Oh my God, that's the one that one is yeah. perfect. And I have that sense about, about these times uh, right now. Um, and I think that can be true locally. And I also do think it can be on a cultural level here. I do feel like there is some sort of, um, it, the moment is ripe. And, and I, I mean, you know, maybe to take the, the, the metaphor a little further, is that ripe fruit, if it doesn't get picked, you know, it's, it's going, it's starting to rot, it's going to fall off. Um, and, yeah, I'm just hoping we can all we can all sort of harvest this time to its greatest capacity, and um, that might be again to to not go to the superhero mode of thinking. That might be very small. It might be something that um, you know I have felt um, my own family during this time. Simply the fact of me not being on the road and no vision, right? There's no, I have no flights booked, you know, for, for as long as I can look right now, I am home. The quality of our family's life together has, it, it feels like the hockey stick curve that I didn't even know. Right. I, and I have a great family life, man, we were connected, but the, the time spent, my personal values are being really rewritten and codified now in a way that's um that's new and i feel like a lot of old stuff is is sloughing off i really do and i've been working hard at this for a long time to stay real and present right but this this is something of a um of a weight that's it it's 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 wild it's wild to um are I mean even very specific things so like even how we, how we spend our money like we had been working hard on being smart for a long time but now like we just cut a bunch of stuff and as it went away it's like wow well didn't need that that's crazy <laughs> like I sure thought we needed that before right and and childcare that was that was this big huge hurdle we were scared like we won't have any time for ourselves and um yes it's it's a lot right but my God, is it paying off? Like I'm looking at our little yard. In the past week, we planted three raised beds of the garden. Uh, we built a picnic table. Um, we ordered some chicken. I mean, and these are these are may sm sound like small things, but for whatever reason, it has allowed us to settle into our reality here. On, on and and business is the same way. We're like we are just like we are. The things that aren't working are falling away. And the, it, it's like, we're being guided to, to what's actually most important. And when it comes down to it, that's, that's one of the most beautiful things that I can imagine. That's, that's what lights me up. Like, what if we can live our lives paying far more attention to what's really important and let the other stuff go. And I think, you know, like coaching helps like men's group, how like we can do that on our own to some extent, but I feel like 
when the bigger picture steps in and things that we can't control have a seat at the table, it's, it's even a different ball game, you know? So, and I think that that's scary, you know, change is scary. And, um, this woman that she talked right after me at the TEDx talk that I did, and she talked about resilience and, um, resilience being her strategy was that, listen, you're going to die. People are going to get sick. Life is going to be really hard a lot. And it's also really incredible a lot. So pay more attention to the really incredible stuff. It'll balance out the shit. There you go. That's resilience. And I've really taken that to heart. And I feel like that's um, like we're having these little dance parties together and Mm -hmm. we're like cooking our food with more care. And um, I don't know if there's something, there's something really, um, I think when you can let go into the process and let things fall away, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of real good as well. Thanks for sharing that, Dan. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. That's probably a good place to, to end it. Um, I'll put some, uh, your links and uh, places that people can connect with you on the show notes. Uh, but I imagine just the, the Everyman podcast, is there any other place people should reach out? Everyman podcast, um, everyman.com, a newsletter, drive okay. to newsletter is great. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're on Instagram and all those things too. But. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely encourage anybody that, uh, were any of your insights, if it resonated even just ever so slightly to just yeah, at least check out the website, there's nothing, you know, no, no harm can come to you <laughs> yeah. if, uh, if you check it out. So, uh, thank you, Dan. And, um, Really appreciate everything that you do, uh, what you've done for me and what you do for uh, so many other men and, and their families out there. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Hey, guys. And before you go, this is Jason from Spectrum Labs. Please be sure to visit us on the web at thespectrumlabs.com for any show notes and links discussed in the podcast. Also, remember to click the subscribe button wherever you may be listening from so you get notified when our next episode comes out. And tune in next show and have a fantastic day.